God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. Well, how do you like it being called a racist by your commander in chief, the so-called president of the United States? Uh, But we call him Biden. Hide him, Biden. Lie him, Biden. Biden. How do you like being called a racist from that racist fool? You know, bias aside, bias aside, Literally, if you were to challenge me and say, who is the biggest racist walk in the halls of government today? I would I would have to say Joe Biden. With all of his history and rhetoric uh, about not wanting to send his kids to the to a jungle school uh, by being supporting a lot of policies and a lot of. Uh, groups that support segregation, whether it's Antifa or Black Lives Matter that support anarchy, that support uh, segregation. You know, and they're basically using the Black Lives Matter group as as slave workers. They pay them nothing. They hoard the money all the way to the top. They use them to generate funding using the Act Blue arm money arm of the Democrat Party. You go to blacklivesmatter.com and click on the donate button and it goes to Act Blue. And they're just using them. Just like in Cuba, they have this group called the Black Berets. And they're rounding up Cubans in Cuba right now. They're rounding them up. And they have this thing called the Black Berets. So the Castros or the socialists that run Cuba are using these black berets to do the dirty work in the streets. Doesn't that sound eerily like the squad socialists or the Biden socialists or Kamala Harris's contributions and Biden's administration handlers from his campaign financing funds to uh, cash bail, bailout programs? So that these people that would burn buildings down, government buildings, 
clobber police officers with billy clubs and set things on fire and throw rocks at people or ice ice uh, uh, ice bars um, in Chicago. I remember they did that. And they would attack deadly force. They were using deadly force. Those ice bricks that would hit you in the head could kill you. And yet they don't have the FBI crawling all over them. They don't have the FBI knocking down their door. What was the last time you saw a raid on a Democrat that looked like Roger Stone's raid or Paul Manafort's raid? When was the last time you saw that? Where someone like Hillary Clinton got their door busted open or Michael Cohen, the president's attorney or or Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, who practically saved America in the wake of 9-11 with his leadership, brought helped bring America together, not unite us, not divide us. All the good that's been done, whether it's Giuliani, whether it's Thomas Jefferson or George Washington, they want to tear their statues down. They want to dishonor and disrespect them. For what reason? Because those great leaders of our country, the founding fathers, all the way up to Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump, they get in the way of their narrative. Their narrative is to erase history, cancel culture, and they do that for one reason. They need a blank canvas. Because you can't rewrite history if the history is staring you right in the face. So you got to burn it down. You got to destroy it. You got to divide us. You got to race bait. You got to talk about all kinds of things, no matter what. And if you look back at the history of America, it was the Democrats that voted against the 13th and 14th and 15th Amendments to the Constitution. It was the Democrat Party that ran up against the Republicans' first candidate ever, Lincoln. And now they want to tear schools down, change the name of Lincoln schools to something else for God knows what reason, and Washington schools for the same thing, despite the fact that many black families have the last name Washington. And before any black people say they complain and say, well, that's uh, that's because they were slaves and they took the ownership of a lot of Washingtonians. Well, I could make the same claim. My last name's Adams. It's a pilgrim name because my Native American ancestry inter- integrated with pilgrims. I'm an East Coast Native American Indian. And so, you know, why am I celebrating Thanksgiving? I could have all kinds of grievances. But you let it go. You have to let it go. It was a it was a world and a time well before us. We could take this argument all the way back to Roman times and say if they just won that battle, uh, the world would have had a different uh, complexion or structure or what have you. If if Africa would have elected the better leaders, it would have been uh, more difficult 
for for uh, slaves to get on those ships. Whatever. You could you could spin it and twist it and do it any way you want. Is it healthy? Is it good? No. It's not healthy, not good. We must do better. But we are being attacked. I ended the show yesterday and I said, we are under attack. We are under attack and we need to worry about that. We need to worry about that because... Our government is attacking the middle class, which used to be and should be, if you ever want to combat socialism, the middle class needs to be the predominant class. You got your 20% rich elite, you got your 20% poverty, and somewhere in the middle is 60% of the population that thinks on their own, buys whatever truck they want to drive, puts in whatever fuel they want to fuel, heats their house, cools their house however they want, can say whatever they want, can say whatever they want too, whatever they want. So long as they don't break the law, they have freedom of speech. The great Antonin Scalia said, I do not support flag burning, but I support a man's right to burn the flag. And Donald Trump went a, went a bit further and said, I think it should be a law that says you can't burn a flag. I grew up my whole life. If there's a flag laying, touching the ground, it was like it was not allowed to touch the ground. The same thing was really true with the Bible. The Bible had a, a, a sacred place. It had to be protected. The flag was a sacred object. It also needed to be protected. Don't let it touch the ground. And make sure you honor your flag. Respect that flag. Don't burn the flag. And in the 60s, there was some flag burning, 70s, to make a point. There was Bible burning. There was all kinds of, always, always, and by the way, always from the liberals. The same liberals who wrote the Jim Crow laws. Yeah, it was the liberals that wrote, just Google this. Google it, because it wasn't always laws, it was guidelines, just like Fauci guidelines. They weren't all laws, they were guidelines. And the state and local municipalities in the South endorsed and picked up on those guidelines. They called them guidelines because they were unconstitutional. They didn't jive with the Constitution. They were unlawful. So we'll call them guidelines, and we'll turn a blind eye to it just like what the vaccines are. The vaccines are guidelines. They're not mandates. A, because you, you can, I think you can mandate a vaccine, but this isn't a vaccine. This vaccine doesn't even have the virus in it. So therefore, it's not technically a vaccine. This vaccine also causes damage to your heart or the, uh, the other diseases, a lot of different problems. And um, so they want to issue guidelines and they want to get corporate endorsement, just like they did with Jim Crow laws. They got restaurants to abide by these Southern socialist, Southern Democrat uh, laws. If you were to Google Jim Crow Southern Democrats, 
Just that. You'll get the first thing that will come up was Wikipedia, I think. And you could read up about it. It was a Democrat policy. Just like first class passengers on a plane. It's a Democrat policy. There's a lot of people that don't like the class system on a plane. Just like they don't like the class system on the Titanic or anywhere else. Because only the rich survive on the Titanic, right? But it's that class system to segregate society, not integrate society. Almost as if to say the elite can't learn from the poor. That's not fair. And that's not true. And it's those middle class people that uh, get together in their kitchen and break bread, pray before every meal, and then the man and the the woman, uh, the husband and the wife, the, the mother and the father get together and they put together a monthly budget based on the kind of money they're bringing in. And they try to figure out how they can make ends meet and feed their children. And they don't want to be told by the government that their taxes are going to be raised or they're going to be regulated as to what they can add on to their home, whether it's a deck or a tree house. They don't want to be controlled in every which way. They don't want inflation. They don't want, because they suffer from it. Not the rich, not the poor. The middle class gets hurt the worst. If it's a COVID bioweapon from China that makes its way around the world, the first people to go are the people that actually do have to integrate in society, that literally do live in a melting pot of all kinds of ethnic groups, that literally make it a daily habit, not like Joe Biden, who didn't want to send his kids to a jungle and badmouth black people and said, if you don't vote for me, you're not, you ain't black, and decided to talk about 7-Eleven workers required to be, have an Indian accent and all these other doofus things that Joe Biden said, the biggest racist on the planet, all of a sudden is giving us a lecture on Jim Crow and racism because we want to have election integrity, which is the biggest pile of crap. And those Texans, those Texas Democrats that are getting in the way fighting fighting against election integrity are trying to say that they're patriots like Washington and the media is eating it up. We know that we're against... We're going, our battle, our fight, is not just against the U.S. government, but it's against the entire media apparatus as well. Why? Why, you ask? Money. Money, money, money. Show me the money. That's all it is. It's about multinational corporations dictating and controlling. You would be surprised if you understood, and I, I'm not saying I do. I don't think I fully understand. But I'm saying I think we all would be surprised if we fully understood the power and impact that corporations, particularly rich multinational corporations, the impact they have on policy, on public policy, And one of the things is true is Coca-Cola, for example, they're making this big to-do of Atlanta got crushed financially 
because of their election uh, their election laws that they wanted to tighten up because they have so much fraud in Georgia. And I got news to report today about the fraud in Georgia. It's unbelievable the amount of evidence that they're finding and illustrating and presenting about the fraud in Georgia. Chain of custody went completely out the window, number one. Number two, they got these machine ballots where there was a hundred slip after slip after slip after slip after slip. The receipts from the machines came out. A hundred for Biden, zero for Trump. It represented thousands of votes. They were just oh, unbelievable. There needs to be an audit in Georgia like there's no tomorrow. But Georgia decided to straighten out some of the problems. They didn't even go far enough, not even close. And all of a sudden, Major League Baseball, big multinational corporation that wants to do business in Asia, just like the NBA, and you got LeBron James, you know, basically sucking the big toe of President G while he bashes Donald Trump. You know, Mr. Courageous, Captain, I don't have a degree because he's really not the sharpest tool in the shed. LeBron James is not such a bright guy. And by the way, just for nothing for nothing, you don't need a degree to be super smart. One of the smartest people I ever met was my dad. He's not a scholar and from college, but one of the smartest people I've ever known. And uh, I could say that about half the people that I know. And by the way, nothing for nothing, but all the millionaires and billionaires, Bill Gates and a lot of others like that, happen to be uh, dropouts. So, no, it's not about... I think the college right now needs to be reevaluated, actually. I think apprentice schools are better better options for a lot of people. But in any case, we have, um, we have this... Uh, this cowdown to China, these multinational corporations, these multinational corporations are dictating policy. And they're getting it because they're all in line. The Democrats sold out America to cater to the corporate donations so that the donations and the policy of the socialist left are hand in glove with each other. They're, they're copacetic because the multinational corporations benefit not by hiring Americans. They benefit by selling to Americans without having to pay all those tariffs or shipping costs. So they, they, they use the manufacturing products or they got the shipping under control, but they're not overseas companies subject to tariffs. They're American companies. And that's why that whole thing about America made and what Trump did with America made was very profound because it used to be to say you're American made, you would have to manufacture some of the parts, but the widgets, the, the manufacturing of the parts themselves were manufactured overseas. So there was a lot of loopholes. Trump was closing some of those loopholes so that if you say you're American made, you truly have to be employing American, uh, activating American jobs. And those American jobs turn, turn around and put money into the system, stimulating the economy. But that's not what's going on here. Now we have the highest inflation we've seen in years, highest gas prices we've seen in years. And now with this new $3.5 trillion 
Senate passing uh, in the U.S. Senate, uh, this stimulus bill, of, they're calling it, uh, it's going to increase our taxes. So no, we're going to be taxed to death. And again, those people sitting, the middle class sitting in the kitchen table doing a budget, this impacts them. It doesn't impact the rich. It doesn't impact the poor. It impacts the middle class. COVID impacted the middle class. The most unemployment uh, that happened during and after COVID was the middle class jobs. And the way to keep those jobs from coming back and crushing the small businesses across America was government's involvement in stimulus checks that were basically preventing. So we have all these empty jobs once these businesses try to start opening, but now they can't afford to hire employees because government's involvement caused so much inflation that whether it's stimulus checks or what have you, that these small mom and pop shops can no longer afford to pay these employees the salaries that they're, they, they could afford to pay. The multinational corporations, on the other hand, don't have that problem. Why? Because they're paying two cents a day to a 12-year-old working 18 hours a day in China. So it's not a fair comparison, is it? That's the, that's the sad crux of it all. In any case, we're now being called racist by Biden, the biggest racist I know in Washington, D.C. today. Tucker Carlson had something to say about it. I uh, thought we would take a listen to his open last night. It was uh, pretty powerful. Let's take a listen. It was a happy day in America, a beautiful July day. And then this afternoon, something grave happened. Joe Biden made a very disturbing announcement. This country faces a crisis more dangerous than anything since the American Civil War, Biden said. That is Gettysburg, Shiloh, Antietam, the walking dead of Andersonville, the killing fields of the 19th century American South. That's what we're looking at right now, announced the president of the United States. By attempting to pass laws requiring voters to show ID when they vote, Republicans are risking permanent internal division as well as violent conflict. Think we're overstating? Here's what he said. There's an unfolding assault taking place in America today, an attempt to suppress and subvert the right to vote and fair and free elections. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. The Civil War? Sound overheated to you? Joe Biden would like you to know this is not hyperbole. Voter ID laws are literally like the Civil War. That is habeas corpus suspended. State legislatures shut down hundreds of thousands of Americans dead in fields. That was the Civil War. Biden made it clear that's what he meant. He said it twice. When was the last time a sitting American president gave a speech like this? Well, probably not since the 1860s during the actual Civil War. So it's hard to know how to process it. Even allowing for the dementia, it was a stunningly irresponsible thing for an American leader to say out loud, dangerous even. So on what grounds did Joe Biden say it? What drove him to it? Well, here's the Fort Sumter Biden was referring to. Yesterday, 51 Democrats in the state legislature in Texas left Texas and flew to Washington, D.C. on private jets. They did this in order to deny the Texas legislature a quorum. 
And then they shut it down. They shut down the democratic process in their state by leaving Texas. They, in other words, violated their sworn duty to represent their voters, and they committed what amounted to an act of, yes, insurrection. Why? So that Texas lawmakers couldn't pass laws against voter fraud. Laws, by the way, that voters in Texas have said overwhelmingly they want passed. That's democracy. But they're not getting it. The measures that Texas voters would like to see become law include a bill that requires some form of identification, a driver's license, a social security card, something valid and real for voters who submit mail-in ballots. Another bill would require the Texas Secretary of State to review voter rolls for non-citizens and remove people who are not allowed to vote. So nothing in the bill is radical or without extensive precedent. If you oppose voter fraud, in fact, it's all very obvious and not controversial at all. And that's why it's so popular with voters in Texas. But Democrats in the state don't oppose voter fraud, nor critically do they believe in multi-party politics. So they stopped the entire process cold. Now, preventing lawmakers from making laws, shutting down the vote, would not seem like a defense of democracy. In fact, it would appear to be just the opposite. It would appear to be an assault on the very core of democracy, which is the legislature, the people's house. Even diabolical old Vladimir Putin never attempted to do that. But according to Joe Biden, this time it's necessary. Sometimes you've got to end democracy in order to save democracy. That is, if you're not a racist, requiring people to prove their identity when they cast a vote, said the president, is, quote, an unrelenting 21st century Jim Crow assault. Really? How so? Biden never explained, but he didn't need to. His bootlickers on cable television jumped in to do the talking for him. Texas Democrats taking a major stand for voting rights. It is a dramatic yet effective move that the National Democratic Party would do well to try and pay attention to. Leaving their legislative chamber without a quorum was the last best thing they thought they could do to preserve voting rights there and try to defeat the Republican voter suppression bill. The Texas Democrats fighting back in the face of Republicans' very successful voter suppression drive. Texas Democrats fleeing their state in a last-ditch effort to block a restricted new voting law as the GOP is pushing its assault on our most sacred right as Americans, the right to vote. Who cares about the last guy? What about the first guy? The Republican Voter Suppression Act? How exactly do these bills suppress voting precisely? Well, Brian Williams never told us. He just repeated the talking point he was handed. What a brainless shill he has become. So many have. But pay no attention to the dead-eyed news anchor telling you the usual lies. No, consider instead the heroes of modern Texas, the people saving the vote by stopping the vote, preserving democracy by ending it. Here's a picture of them on a charter bus to the private airfield, the FBO, as they say in private equity. Now, they may be smiling in the picture, but it's only to mask the pain inside. They may be drinking Miller Lite, but it's not in celebration. No, it's in solidarity with the campesinos and campesinas around the state of Texas, on whose behalf they were drinking those beers. The people who may not be actual citizens of the United States, who may not speak our language or follow our laws, but who still somehow have the God-given right to choose your government for you. The right, in other words, to vote Democrat whenever they want. So it was an intense moment on that bus. Picture Che Guevara sailing into Havana Harbor on the Grand Ma to bring the revolution to its bloody climax. And it only got more intense when the charter buses arrived at the FBO. One Texas lawmaker, a childlike former teacher called James Tallarico, tweeted about the dangers from his private jet. Quote, 
Just landed in Memphis on our way to DC. Thank you all for your well wishes. We left behind our families, our livelihoods, and our beloved Texas, but our sacrifice, <laughs> sorry, can't, can't read it with a straight face, but our sacrifice is nothing compared to the sacrifices brave Americans have made throughout history to protect the sacred right to vote. <laughs> Those sacrifices include drinking Miller Lite on a private plane over Memphis. It was moving. Now, we don't have a lot of photos from within that private plane, just like we don't have a lot of paintings from Washington's crossing of the Delaware. Sometimes you have to imagine it. But we do have this documentary evidence, this shot. And as you can see, those people are terrified. They're not taking this trip on a private plane for themselves. They're doing it for democracy, which paradoxically they've just suspended. Revolutions are full of bitter little ironies like that, but we learn to live with them in the name of the greater good. Now, you may be wondering, how did all those lawmakers get on that plane? Can you just walk on a plane now? Doesn't that require some form of photo ID, a racist ID card? And by the way, wear their masks. Aren't you required by federal law to wear a mask on an airplane? Sure you are in normal times, but when there's a revolution in progress, normal rules are suspended. Che Guevara never wore a surgical mask. His rifle was his ID card. And so with these slightly chunky revolutionary heroes, now, once the brigade from Texas finally arrived in the capital city, Washington, they weren't met with artillery fire or Hessian sharpshooters. No, something more daunting. There were television cameras awaiting their arrival. How did they handle this? With the power of song. We will overcome. We will What happens when a cliche becomes so time-worn that it folds in on itself like a cliche <laughs> black hole and sucks all of reality into itself? That's what you just saw. Now, but to the untrained eye, the footage we just played might seem a little bit self-aggrandizing. It might seem like those lawmakers may be the only ones on Earth who appreciate their own bravery and the sound of their own voices. But that's not true. There are still other people in this country who recognize how truly heroic these political leaders are. One Texas lawmaker, Gene Wu, insisted that his fans couldn't wait to see him when he got to Washington. Quote, landed safely in D.C. I was, it was wonderful to randomly run into people who recognize me and applauded what we are doing. Now, none of the people who are vigorously applauding Gene Wu appear, appear visible in that tweet. But you can rest assured, Mr. and Mrs. America, they're out there. They're just at a camera shot. Now, presumably, Gene Wu's many fans, his legions of fans, were also applauding as he sat eating lunch in the airport dining area. Wu documented exactly what he ate in a follow-up tweet, just for the historical record. Quote, my first meal as a fugitive. Delicious. At some point in the modern era, it becomes a little hard to distinguish between hero and clinical narcissist star of TikTok videos, state legislator. But whatever, those distinctions don't mean anything. Gene Wu is a hero for eating those croutons. How big a hero? Well, Gene Wu himself wouldn't say he's a man of modesty, obviously. But another representative from the state of Texas, a fellow called Trey Martinez Fisher, spelled it out for us. According to Trey Martinez Fisher, can that name be real? We're going with it. Gene Wu eating salad in an airport is very much like the civil rights leaders of old, crossing the bridge in Alabama 
taking truncheon blows to the head. You watch. This is the risk that we take to stand up for democracy. I mean, we are talking about voting rights here. Uh, there were people who were beaten with clubs and attacked by dogs, and people were murdered to protect the sacred rights. So this, this threat and this finger pointing by the governor it, you know, is not going to intimidate all of us. We are strong and united, and we want to bring you know, voting rights reform to this country. Edmund Pettus Bridge, Chipotle, same idea, different era, as you'd expect. And that's really pretty much it. Now, that uh, opening, uh, I think, sums it all up, you know, um, in, in pretty good fashion, that this was just a photo op. And think about all the all the pollution that the plane put out, right? The, ga- the private jet that they had. These are supposed to be the Green Party, right? Ocasio-Cortez and her squad never complained about the waste of petroleum. And uh, that wasn't an electric plane that they flew on, and they're going to fly back on. Now, you watch what happens when they go back to Texas, and they get arrested, or they get escorted to the state house. They're going to go kicking, screaming, dragging. They're going to get handcuffed. They're going to try to to make this the fiasco that they need it to be. You know... There's a meme that I wanted to share with you, and we're gonna go. We are gonna to try to get through those tweets today. All week I try, um, but I always have other things that come up. Uh, states that turn blue in 2020: Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Okay, now listen. States that turn blue in 2020. I'm gonna read this list again. States that turn blue in 2020, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Now, let's flip this over. States that change laws weeks before the election, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. The same states that changed the laws weeks before the election were the same states that turn blue. We're going to go ahead and take Julie. Uh, Julie is on the air. Welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Oh, good morning, Scott. I have a question. Why do criminals always return to the scene of a crime? I don't understand it. When when we watch, yesterday we watched so many people returning to the place that they stole from us, and they're trying to intimidate us. And it seems to me that they're basically telling us that we're going to burn down the house if we don't, if we aren't allowed to continue what we're doing. And what we have to do as Americans, we need to make a decision. We're going to have to live with walking away from that house because we, we, in order to preserve what we have. And, and that's, that's, it just seems like criminals returning to the scene of the crime i i don't know maybe i'm wrong not no it's you know i it, the democrats are so you know like when the democrats uh spend a whole year rioting right 275 riots i think they yeah. calculated yeah. you know they they burned the, we've seen all these buildings f- burning to the ground we've seen the looting yeah. we've seen all the 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 um fake outrage right and so what happens in the end 
is they want to defund the police because all of a sudden they have to figure out what is the reason for our grievances? What, what, what are those reasons? Oh, it's the police for crying out loud, right? And any excuse they get, well, if the, if the police officers, you know, uh, make one mistake like they did in, in uh, Minneapolis, I believe that that was, that was one example of bad policing, right? Um, they, they blow it to the hilt, but their response is so, you know, because when you look at the real raw data statistics, you know, like nine people were actually shot by a policeman's gun that were, did, 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 who didn't have a gun themselves. And so, you know, across the country in one year, you know, it's not, a, it's nowhere near in comparison to what happens on just one weekend in Chicago, yet they don't want to talk about the root causes of the problem. They want to do, you know, basically take away, uh, use it as an excuse to take away your guns. And the only people that are going to be giving up their guns are law-abiding citizens once they're forced by law to do so. And it's going to be the criminals that are going to be armed and ready to go into defenseless homes and rob them blind. It's, it's going to be victimization all over again. But in addition to that, you know, these, it's all about dividing and conquering. And so when you then take that party and they start pointing fingers at the January 6th event, that to me is utter hypocrisy. And then they talk about defunding the police, defunding ICE. And then all of a sudden they're now spinning it saying, no, it was the Republicans that were defunding the police because they didn't give us the $6 trillion we requested in our, our, our stimulus bill. So they can't get they they should not be allowed to get away with this. But the mainstream media is just lying. It's not the Republicans that wanted to defund the police. It was the Democrats that wanted to defund the police. But they're starting to spin this because they realized it wasn't working for them in the polls. They did the same thing with the South with regard to um, Jim Crow laws. And they're trying to do that now by calling them Republicans racists. When it was George Wallace, the Democrat from Alabama, that stood in the doorway and prevented integration. It was the Southern Democrats that wanted to enforce Jim Crow laws to separate blacks from whites, colored people, they called them. And it was Jefferson Davis, a Democrat, that uh, did the same thing. And um, I don't know how to end these calls that come in, but uh, there. In any case... um, uh, there's a lot of this, I, though. The, the Democrats rewrite history, and one of the ways they go about rewriting history is trying to destroy history, which is what they're trying to do with critical race theory. See, they want to erase trying, that history so that they can rewrite their own history. They're also trying to force people into violence. But I think a way is of, of fighting back is with psychological warfare. They, the, what is the worst thing that they, what is the one thing that they absolutely hate? Listening to the American anthem at this point. I think it's time that we go out and get the horns and bands and drums and start singing the American anthem in parades. And I think it's time to just parade them to death. And with, with patriotism, because this will make their heads explode, because then they will realize that we cannot be affected, because we have no choice at this point but to fight. And we will fight 
on on a ground far above well, theirs. I think uh, you know what I I commend I commend people like Jenna Ellis for taking it to the uh, taking it to the grill of Ronna McDaniel. I think Ronna McDaniel is the biggest loser on the planet, and I've said so for yeah. years. I've never been a fan of Ronna McDaniel. When she lost the 2018 election, I was just like done with her completely. And I, I didn't like her even in 2016, but President Trump kept on saying, you know, what a, what a hard, good job she did in Michigan. I said, well, I'll keep my mouth shut. I'm not a big fan of hers, but I'll keep my mouth shut about Ronna McDaniel. Then 2018, I said, how do you lose with secretariat in the Oval Office? How do you lose a midterm like that? And she did. She allowed herself to be outplayed, outfoxed. But was she really outplayed? And was she really outfoxed? No. She was selling out to the to the um, multinational corporations who wanted uh, access to China, and that's how she got the fundraising for the Republican Party. But knowing full well that they were always going to side with the Democrats, who were basically giving out more free free perks than than the Republicans ever could. And so Ronald McDaniel was no different than Frank Luntz and his endorsement of Google and all this, that, and the other. And it was Kevin McCarthy. It was Liz Cheney. The, all these people that were actually rhinos selling out America and particularly selling out their conservative voters. The only reason why half these people like Mitch, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham got elected in 2020 is because they all kissed the ring of Donald Trump. And then when Donald Trump was out, they, they tried to throw them under the bus. And you, the people, you, the people that are listening today, actually have propped Trump back up because he needs us as much as we need him. And it was our support of what we know is right, that America First policies are the best policies to represent America and to make America great again and to save America, as is the slogan That's for the right. Donald Trump campaign. That's right. That's Absolutely. right. And and even now, what was it, Mel Gibson? He stood up and applauded President Trump. Yeah, look at you watching UFC. Look at you watching the UFC fights. Well, no, I didn't watch it. I just heard that Mel Gibson stood up. <laughs> <laughs> I watch him. I love it. But, I would, uh, no, I, 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 no, I've never watched fights. <laughs> okay, all right. You're, tennis, you're, in the ten, you're a tennis player. Uh, Bird, right? Yeah, I'm tennis. I'm tennis. That's yeah. right. I'm tennis. All right. I'm tennis. All right. Thank you, Julie. Oh, have a good day. All right. We have care. to fight with parades. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there, that's true. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. All righty, uh, folks. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, states that turn blue, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. States that change the laws weeks before the election, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. How ridiculously insane is that? If you can't pick that one up, I don't know. All right. So we got one more thing I want to play. This is um, about the surge of illegal migrants from around the world. What else is the Democrats up to? What other dirty tricks are they playing? Right? Well, let's, uh, let's, um, and I see John is calling in too. And uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put the uh, ringer back on. Um, and uh, what we're going to do is play this clip. 
And then uh, if John wants to call back, I, I'll pick up his call. Well, uh, some critics now are asking if the Biden Let's administration has a blind spot on the crisis on our southern border. It's focusing its diplomatic response on the Northern Triangle countries in Central America, as you know. But that does not address the surge of migrants coming from South America, the Caribbean and Asia. William Lajones back in L.A. with more on all that. William, good morning. Well, Bill, the administration said it would solve the border crisis by looking at the root causes in Central America. Problem is, that solution doesn't fit a virtual United Nations that is showing up at the border. Ecuadorans in El Paso, Cubans, San Diego, Brazilians in Yuma, Venezuelans and Nicaraguans in Tucson, and Mexicans everywhere else. And in many cases, these are not poor migrants displaced by hurricanes or corruption. They're people who see an opportunity, who know they will not be sent home, so they are coming here. Ecuadorian apprehensions up 239%. Cuba, 70%. Brazil, 208 Venezuela, 500%. Nicaragua, 420%. And how do they get here? Fly. Take Brazil and Ecuador. They'll fly into Mexicali, take a bus to Yuma, and then they will cross at gaps in the border fence. They're flying in to locations in Mexico, flying up to locations at the border, and then being uh, transported by, uh, by some kind of a bus line or a cab company or personal vehicles to the border, and they're literally walking uh, a couple hundred yards across the border. So this is Yuma on Friday. Groups of Brazilians and Cubans crossing the border, showing agents their passports and papers. It's, it's horrible today. I have no food. I have a child. Uh, I, I don't have to work to, to eat them. So um, uh, I need to come here. The bottom line is, Bill, spending $4 billion on root causes in Central America isn't going to solve these issues in South America or the Caribbean, and not that the U.S. tax... So basically the United States is is giving free perks to the whole entire world. Tell me that's not going to water down the middle class voter. So when they come in and they start voting illegally, right, what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen. What's going to happen is their vote's going to neutralize your vote. When they vote, their vote, one vote, one, one per person, right? But look, one vote, whether it's legal or illegal, they need to get that uh, head count in. They need to get that person an ID. We need to put them on an honor system, and then we'll take this call really quick. Okay, uh, John, you're on the air. John from Hi, Chicago. You know, yes, you were talking about Rana McDaniel. Rana Romney McDaniel, may that be? Yeah. Yeah, Ra Romney. Now she knows how she dropped the Romney, and she doesn't say anything about it anymore. It's on the hush-hush. Uh, well, you know, regarding your, your comments you're playing from Biden the other day, uh, from yesterday, when Benjamin Franklin walked out of the Constitutional Convention, he was asked by a lady what form of government that they had given to the American people. And he said, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. Because they knew that democracies inevitably, I believe the words were, exhaust and destroy themselves every two to 250 years. They never survive. And so they had put a republic in, specific, a republic in to form specifically to prevent these excesses, particularly mob rule. And what's really disturbing about what happened over the last year and what's been happening over the last really 10 years since Obama particularly set the same uh, a fire 
was this concept of mob rule, of intimidation, that if you don't agree with us, we will attack you. So all those riots last summer, and those were Democratic riots with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, all of those were meant to intimidate suburban voters, white voters, older voters, and Republicans. And that's what it was. And Democratic officials sat by and let it happen because they enjoyed it. It was almost like a mob boss who wants their, uh, their uh, soldiers to go a little crazy for intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. So when you see, on the other hand, uh, so that's number one. There's a mob rule going on. And when, when you see a Biden then on the other sort of end of the spectrum attacking efforts to simply control who votes, to say you have to have ID to vote, which is almost universally popular and universally accepted anywhere you go, not only in the country, but in the world. But also uh, saying, well, you know, and you can't search for, say, illegal voters. Well, all you're saying is it's okay to steal my vote. Now, I don't know about you, Scott, but that undermines democracy as surely and as quickly as anything I can think of. And yet somehow this is... uh, this is a cause celeb. This is the Civil War, right? Yeah. Moreover, what you notice with these these idiots, and, and they are idiots on the newscasters on the newscast. Well, they're no, they're, they're beyond idiots. They, they're they're actual they're actually militant combatants against the middle class Americans. Well, I agree, but they're also fundamentally and flagrantly dishonest because. You notice how they just give you a conclusion. When someone says, well, this is clearly racist, this is clearly sexist, this is clearly a voting suppression bill. Okay, wh- why? How, how so? And all of those clips that you played were conclusions. They were, this is voter suppression, this is uh, uh, limiting voter rights, this is an attack on voting rights. There was nothing saying what exactly comprises an attack on voting rights. Because if they have to say that, if they have to right, specify what the attack is, they'll sound ridiculous. That's exactly it, right. It, it sounds ridiculous. So that's that was sort of my impression of what happened there. And we all have to be, I mean, this sort of thing would have been, I think, unspeakable even 20 years ago, but certainly 40 or 50 years ago in, in a political discussion. I often tell people a great speech to watch is Ronald Reagan's 1964, a time for choosing speech that he gave in Kansas in defense of Barry Goldwater. And you listen to the speech, it's so detailed, so factual. It's like 30. It's at a level that you would never see today. The, clock, the crowd is clean cut. This is just before the breakout of the, uh, of the whole hippie craze. And the crowd is clean cut, and it's a detailed, intelligent, thoughtful speech that I don't hear these days even from Republicans in general. I mean, there'll be maybe a few Republicans. Well, shoot, you can go back and listen to a Dick Cavett interview and get more substance out of that than anything you get on TV today. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the level of sophistication of TV news media and TV interviews has gone down dramatically. I'll give you one more example, sort of unrelated, but... Yeah, and then, we, and then we're going to have to wrap up. Thank though. you. Sure, sure. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Oh, sure. Yeah. If you gave an article of Mike, uh, interview with Mike Wallace, and you listen to it, and it's at a level that you would never see, even on, say, 60 Minutes today, the discussion level is just much more sophisticated. But the one last thing I want to say is this, and this is the, the dagger in the heart. What we need to do, as far as the cultural rot, I, I think we have no other choice that, but to go to a private um, voucher system. Because I don't see how, and this is a bigger discussion, but how we 
fix the schools without a voucher system. You go right. to a voucher system of private schools and a series of small private uh, institutions, it'd be much harder to perpetuate the kind of CRT nonsense that you see now. I mean, it, that hey, ultimately... Hey, hey, the money does not belong to, do. to the unions. It belongs to the student. The vouchers, the student vouchers, right. the money follows the student, not not the teachers' unions. And that puts right, exactly. the student, the customer, in control. And the parents. Absolutely. The parents. Well, yes. that's even more important, yes. Um, That'll fix it. Thank yep. you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thanks, Take God. care and have Bye-bye. a great day. All right, that's John. So um, I want to play this. Uh, now, election fraud. There's uh, some things that have come up in um, unbelievable that have come up in Georgia. They got these slips that are running through these machines. They found them. A hundred to nothing on tens of str- They just had examples. And it's Liz Harrington that's showing it. Then they got this other thing where voter GA, at voter GA on Twitter, a, uh, you know, the ad symbol, voter, GA, all kinds of stuff. Fulton County, Georgia presents evidence of duplicate scanned batches uncovered from ballot images obtained from lawsuit. Identical markings writing prove uh, ballots counted multiple times compromising official certified election results. So let's take a listen to this real quick. And I don't think. Well, we don't have sound. Okay, so this is just an. But there was this other other uh, component to it, and what it was was all of these. Um, well, let's see. By the way, newsflash. Okay, this is the Babylon Bee, right? And you know how funny they could be, right? Newsflash: female weightlifter suffers tragic testicle injury just weeks before uh, Tokyo. <laughs> That's just a tongue-in-cheek joke. They have these. These are um, these are basically Saddam Hussein numbers, is what Liz Harrington says. But what she's talking about is there's a pattern of these audit board batch sheets, batch sheets from Fulton County, absentee scanners. They're for absentee ballots, absentee ballots, absentee scanner four, absentee scanner two scanner two in multiple batches in a row where Joe Biden received 100 votes or 200 votes and Donald Trump received zero. They didn't even put zeros in the other fields, just a 100 in Joe Biden's. It was unbelievable. It's so indicating of fraud. It's not even funny. So, you know, you have that. In any case, uh, other big news, Taliban says that they've captured the Afghan border crossing into Pakistan. That's bad news in Afghanistan. We got to straighten this up quick. Uh, we're at the end of the Scott Adams show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out Bugle Call and Magapack.org, Scott Adams show for the latest podcasts, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Well, Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.